Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Stephen the Warman Writes Kickfighting Podcast Show. I'm your host, Stephen the Warman. You are listening to this podcast in one of various ways. Either you are at my blog, which is lordgaul.podbean.com, or you are in the most efficient way. You are an iTunes search engine. Just enter Warman Kickfighting Show, and the show pops right up. Also works for SoundCloud as well. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, this will be my review show, plus I'm going to do the results for one championship for the last two shows, but this will be my 2022 review show, first and foremost. Um, it really did show a return in kickboxing, still not at the strength or at its full strength, but kickboxing and Muay Thai had a lot more shows now that we're starting to slowly move out of the COVID era, a lot more shows, a lot of high-level action, and most importantly, audiences. It's important to have people there to appreciate the high level of action that there is, and I really love the show. Like I, I really love what the direction of what's happening in kickboxing and Muay Thai. Uh, I like what one's doing. I like what Glory's doing. I like what K1's doing. The more opportunities there are for high level international kickboxing, the better it is. You know, and I really just want to see the sport keep growing. And and you know, uh, uh, Chingiz Alzov, who we'll talk about a little bit later, he said he has no desire to do Muay Thai and he has no desire to do MMA. He just wants to be the best kickboxer in the world. That warmed my heart, you know, because, of course, with tension, Nasakawa moving on to boxing and so on, like, it's just one of those things where sometimes I wonder if people will ever get to truly appreciate how skilled stand-up, you know, Muay Thai and kickboxing is, how great a product it is when it's at its best, because right now people almost see it as a gateway, you know, like, you do this and then you go into MMA. You know, you're supposed to go into everybody who does something good in a combat sport, you're supposed to go into MMA. And because that's where the money is, you know, like that's, you know, you you dream it. Clearly out of Sanye is making way more money as a mixed martial arts fighter than he did as a kickboxer. But you understand that people are going to go in the direction. And but whenever I hear something like what Alzov said or what uh, Badahari said, because, you know, he had a period where he was going to retire from kickboxing, go into boxing. And they went back into kickboxing. He says, hey, I think this what I do is the best sport in the world. He says, I think it's the most entertaining uh, brand of fighting in the world. So I want people to come watch this and watch me here. And that's what I'm hoping, you know, because the more and more opportunities we get to see high level action, the better it is. So I'm just hoping that we can keep keep building on what we did last year things went in a different direction we had some new champions and some new names emerge we really had a lot of fun it was a fun fun year so first things first i'm going to go ahead and get into some of the events or some of the main uh, uh awards that i had for the year i'll go ahead and start off with ko of the year to me there's always going to be cool ko's uh there were a lot of spinning back uh, uh, like uh, roundhouse type kicks. Uh, there was definitely a lot of, you know, jumping knees that were really awesome. But to me, the best KO usually makes a statement about somebody. And even though I think their skill levels were different, I really believe that Antonio Plazabat's KO overall, Katanis, uh, was my favorite KO of last year. Uh, and again, there were some there's good there are some stunning ones. There's one with the uh, uh, the axe kick that set up the punches afterwards. There, you know, um, there were some really good ones uh, in uh, K1. But to me, Antonio Plazabat is making the argument for being 
the next new young star in kickboxing uh, in the heavyweight division. Uh, he is set up to fight Rico Verhoeven. Now, clearly, they were supposed to fight in March. Rico had his first significant injury of his entire career. He has a knee injury, and he will. They're probably going to do it in October. I really do hope that he fights. I don't want Antonio Pazabat to sit on the shelf for 10 months and then come back. He's a high-level fighter, and fights are the best way to get yourself better. That's just kind of how it all, all the game's always going to be. So I'm really hoping that he gets the opportunity to go out there and compete at least once before that matchup. You know, maybe do something in March or April and then still have five months to prepare for the big, big fight. But I don't want him to sit the whole year. That wouldn't be fun. He is a talented guy. He's got stoppages. He had stoppage over uh, Benjamin Agbui as well last year. Um, if he had more fights, he'd probably be in contention for, you know, um, a lot of people's fighter of the year. The only thing that hurts him is he doesn't have a title around him. And uh, that's unfortunate that he won't get that opportunity. But this KO, the the barrage the fact that you know he put the boxing in there he used the peel of the glove there was a low kick chop in there and then he gets the stoppage it was high level kickboxing at its best with a high level kickboxing stoppage it was my favorite ko of last year round of the year and fight of the year is as easy as can be this is something that doesn't need any kind of hesitation with my response at all liam harrison versus wang tai was clearly my round and fight of the year um it just shows the heart of liam harrison it's it's people don't realize the liam harrison that we're getting isn't even the liam harrison in his prime he is in his as far as fight acumen goes He's at his best. His understanding of distance and his boxing and his low kicks, he is at his best as far as his mental acumen goes. But his body, you know, the injuries that he sustained, the, the you know, the Nago injury stuff, his body isn't what it was when he was in his prime. But the exposure and the attention and the opportunity for financial success is at its peak for him, even though he's not in his prime. Just He just kept plugging away. We're talking about the, you know, Clearly, in my opinion, the all-time greatest fighter from, you know, Muay Thai fighter from England. Now, he's got some losses, but I still think that he's the best ever uh, as far as full rules Muay Thai goes. And I think that he's, you know, fought all over the world. He's had great opportunities. He's, you know, had the heartbreaking losses. He's had the awesome wins. To me, when you look at his career, this win, this point of his career is the greatest win of his career. And this is a guy who's got, you know, uh, he's been fighting pro for more than 20 years. This to me, and just my personal opinion, is his greatest win. Muay Thai scores the big shot early, gets him in trouble, goes in, another big shot lands with the boxing, gets him down. Muay Thai, the, the celebration, that, that really adds to it. And also it's very important to have, you know, uh, Michael Chavello on the call because he really, really gets you into it. So the version I watched had Michael Chavello on it. Some people mention that sometimes they get uh, versions of the fight with different commentary. I didn't realize that, but uh, yeah, so anyways, the way Muang Tai celebrates after the second knockdown, the feel of it is I'm getting him out of there. And as you look at Liam when he gets up, he does seem like someone who is clear. You know, I've you know been in the game for a long time. You can tell when someone's not in their best. So Superbon, when he went down last weekend, he didn't look like he was the best before the stoppage came. When this knockdown happened, I thought Liam looked okay. So then they start banging it out, and 
Lamb catches him. Once he catches him, puts the barrage on, gets his own knockdown, and suddenly you look, you're like, oh my goodness, this is about to change. Uh, at least it's knocked down for, for knockdown, two knockdowns to one. But the way Muang Thai got up, I knew it was not the way that Liam got up. There was something different in the eyes, and Liam knew it too. Came in, let the boxing go again, scores another knockdown, and then he finishes the fight off with a third knockdown. Just awesome stuff. It was great great to watch him go jump in the arms of Richard Smith's coach. It's, it's just really cool to see. I mean, they've had such a long relationship together, you know, uh, and this is probably, you know, he's been watching Liam's whole career probably since, you know, youth to teenage years to opportunities in Thailand to Thai fight to glory. Like, he's been there for every step to Japan to, like, it's just... He's had so many opportunities. These two have walked that that walk together so long to see Liam Harrison jump into his arms after beating uh, the most high profile. Uh, Anwat probably was more famous, you know, as a, as a Thai fighter. Um, and of course, Anwat had the first victory over Liam Harrison. Harrison getting the the, the rematch. But Anwat was a you know I say it all the time. Anwat is a western style tie he mostly scores and made his name off the boxing as opposed to playing the game if you do that with the european they've got a chance when they had their first fight he played with low kicks when they had their second fight harrison had picked up on it was able to have success anuat is a bigger name of a victory for Liam Harrison for sure. But as far as Muay Thai, not too long ago, considered fight of the year for most people, uh, call him the zombie, the elbow killer. Uh, I would say at this time, Liam's Harrison's victory over him, IKO, is a more significant victory on the history of his resume, just in my opinion. Now, clearly, like I said, I don't want two time, you know, sports writers, uh, fighter of the year, much more significant of a name but i just think skill wise time and space this and the way the fight started i feel like this is liam harrison's best victory awesome awesome stuff can't wait to see more from this guy as always just just a talent and just a great you know um personality for the sport you know like if i were to say hey who are the top 10 personalities in the history of muay thai and kickboxing liam's probably going to be on that list he's really been in the game he's really been doing stuff for a long time heartbroken to hear there was of course pictures popping up that he was going to fight floyd mayweather in an exhibition in england at the o2 then he has let it known that he is still recovering from the knee injury after the nango fight uh and uh he won't have enough time to get ready so that was heartbreaking to hear because he put in so much time I'm glad that he's getting paychecks, you know, and he got the bonus. He got 100000 for this victory, this comeback victory, and this Mayweather exhibition was probably going to net him way more, maybe 10 times more, but here he is after fighting for very little, uh, then fighting for okay for most of his career. To have the opportunity at the end to to be able to make some money and 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 ride off into the sunset with some financial um, uh, security after a full fight career, it doesn't happen that much in this sport. So I'm glad that he's getting these opportunities, and I'm glad that this win was part of that. 
So when I was thinking of uh, female fight of the year, uh, it was kind of tough for me just because most girls only had one or two fights, you know, like it was hard. Uh, clearly Tiffany Von Seuss had two title defenses, so that one popped up. Uh, she looked really good in the first one earlier in the year. I decided to go with Iman Barlow, and I, again, I've gone with her before, I've gone with Tiffany before. Really, if you look at the best women's fighters in the world, I've rotated it between Mexen and Barlow and, and you know, Van Soost, and, and, you know, it's, it's just, we haven't had a lot of new names, things are going to change, you saw the uh, um, uh, Sanel victory over uh, uh, Jackie Bunton, so she, she emerged, but she only had that one fight, you know. Jackie actually fought more than her so that of course is good and that will build you know uh towards more champions and more fighters down the road to because Sinel's only 17 you know so it's like you want to see young stars get that opportunity she won when she got on that stage uh they got to build on it I mean she hasn't fought since so hopefully they can get back to it I don't know if it's injury but she's got a name that I expect to be on this list down the road um but the reason why I went with Iman, Iman, of course, was 2-0. So like a lot of girls, 2-0 this year. She won her uh, one championship debut with an elbow stoppage. And then, most importantly, the difference for me was she had the three fights in Worlds. So she won Worlds uh, here in America, and that's three fights against three high-level fighters. So that would give her 5-0 for the year. So that's why I went with Iman Barlow. Of course, you guys know I've known Iman for a very long time. You know, I, I met her uh, actually when I first got on Facebook. I didn't know what this Facebook thing was, and she was 15 years old, and just through gym connections, like a fighter. Uh, I think I was um, following Liam Harrison, and then he went to Jitty Gym, and then she happened to go to Jitty Gym. So I clicked on who's this person from Jitty Gym. And then she kind of sent me what her, her resume was. And then later I did the documentary and I went over to uh, her house and I went to her gym. Uh, and it was just a wonderful opportunity to meet uh, an individual like that and uh, to see her grow into who I think is the greatest full rules female Muay Thai fighter of all time, Amon Barlow, to have a special year like that. And again, she's still in her prime. She's, you know, 27, 28 years old. Um, there is so much more she can keep doing if she wants, but I'm glad that one opportunity, one championship has given her this platform. Clearly, I'm hoping that she gets to fight more. She's had some people, you know, some fights drop through and stuff like that. But to me, she was the female fighter of the year. Uh, good stuff by her and always excited to, to see her compete. For male fighter of the year, it was tough. You know, a lot of people threw some some options out there. I remember I posted it on Facebook, and I heard some, uh, you know, some good replies of of you know, uh, was it? Uh, uh, I believe I'm trying to remember what was the internet. I'm trying to sorry, you guys are bringing it up right now because I believe it was Gucci, but um, he won a K1 tournament. But when I posted who is your fighter of the year, I looked at this and everybody had a lot of the, you know, same names, like like uh, um, names that I was high on, but not the highest on, you know, and, and I guess everybody's different, but the, the reason why I'm going with Tenshin Nasakawa, because, not just for fighter of the year, and because uh, clearly he beat um, who I would say, uh, he would be... His run and rise was, was great. You know, he had close fights. Uh, he actually didn't look that good going into the uh, 
the event, uh, the match, you know, the different, you know, words that they use to describe uh, the, the big K1 uh, and Rise Mix event, which actually was a huge success for Rise. A lot of their, you know, stars ended up getting big wins over K1 guys on that card. But the reason why I bring this card up in particular, or bring up uh, Tenshi Nasakawa, it's, to me, it completes a very great story. And again, fighting the fight world, it's all about being compelling. It's all about stories and storylines. And and I really think that the idea that Tenshin Nasakawa, who's probably the best young kickboxing talent probably ever from Japan, at least since Masato, um, but I would say ever, to go out and get the opportunity against, again, he was older, should be noted, uh, but to get the opportunity against Takuru and for them to put on the type of, uh, you know, event, like the walkout, the crowd, the, you know, the the buildup, the, it, it was the biggest kickboxing event, maybe of all time, at least since the K1 World Grand Prix of, Grand Prix of the late 90s. But just the crowd there, the feel to it, it was just, for me, it was, it was different. It was like a, 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 a special moment that may never, ever be recreated in the history of kickboxing. Uh, clearly, the hope is that that wouldn't happen, but it was built in an era where, uh, you just don't know what the future is going to be for the sport and all of a sudden you come out of covid and you put this event together and you get these two young stars together or these two stars together um and then he, he shows out he scores the the left hand in between to score the knockdown uh, he kept playing with jumping knees the only thing that hurt me about this fight and this event was that it was three rounds and not five. It should have for sure did five, especially with all the crowd there. It would have been much better for the story. And the flow of the fight makes me wonder because Takuru just had his mind made up that he couldn't beat the timing of uh, tension. So he just bit down in the mouthpiece, walked after him, and kept throwing punches. He wasn't able to get the knockdown back. So that meant Tenshin Nasakawa in his last fight with Glory will ride off into the sunset as an undefeated champion, which is just, you know, a, a super, super rare thing in this sport. And there are guys who've got way, way more wins. Super rare in terms of who you beat, how'd you beat them, when'd you beat them. Um, most guys, that they just run into an age where it's like, these guys were too tough. Like, these guys were too good. These guys were uh, too talented. Um, Samir Muhammad, of course, got to 112-0. and 0. Uh, It's hard to keep that zero. And anytime I ran into, in my years of running in, you know, running into kickboxing, which I love, uh, you know, following kickboxing, I've seen guys be in a smaller country and have these huge, wonderful, undefeated records. And then as soon as they tested and other, you know, international uh uh, uh, venues, countries, uh, uh, promotions, then all of a sudden it's, it's exposed. They were not as great as we thought they were going to be. And it doesn't mean that they're good or bad. It just means that the level got harder for them and they weren't able to sustain the zero. So Tenshin Nasakawa has really beaten some very, very solid names throughout his career in the smaller divisions. The Takuru victory, that was just icing on the cake that was a special special moment for him uh both guys emotional afterwards to see him in there hugging his father when you guys see my two you know 
2022 year in kickboxing podcast, you will see that I really prioritized that event and those those faces and those emotions and it was very special for me just in my personal opinion it was very very special so anyways uh that was my you know fight my fight event of the year that was my fight uh uh not my fight of the year but that was my uh fighter of the year Tenshin Nasukawa I was just grateful that he gets to ride off into the sunset after such a brilliant brilliant career and win and now he moves over to boxing and you know and I've mentioned it before I'm I don't want him to leave kickboxing I'd rather he did a a rematch uh but that's just me being me you know me wanting to see what I want to see I understand who I am but Takuru that victory is a great way to ride off into the sunset just special special stuff and hopefully we'll get more from them moving down the road um Go ahead and go into some recent results now. Um, Hold on, bring up my notes. Okay, so one championship put on a excellent, excellent uh, show. First things first, before I get into the results, before I get into just how amazing uh, Chingiz Alzov is, the main thing I want to start this podcast with or this topic with is saying it is way better that one championship is doing Lumpini than in that that they're doing Singapore Singapore it it's I understand that's where their base is I understand that that's where the the main investors are uh, I understand that that is where they were trying to build this thing but the feel of being in Thailand and having an audience of Thai Thai people who know fighting, who know action, who know back and forth, who get into the field, who have a, a, a verbal response to the, the action as opposed to just cheering when there's something violent, just to, to cheer the flow of the fight and make sounds like, like and you know, get behind guys. The feel is way, way better at the Olympian Stadium Bangkok. Just better, just, and not even close, better. The second thing I'm gonna say is Chingiz Alazov positioned himself to be an all-time great with this victory over Superbon. It wasn't close. That's the most important thing that I want to establish here. It was not close. It wasn't a competitive back and forth, and then Chingiz found the right shot and got him out of there. No, 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 no. He was up from beginning. He was able to score uh, right hands throughout. Uh, the thing that he kept saying is he likes fighting ties. He likes the tie style. I think one of the things he talks about is the idea that they uh, a lot of times the ties look for the perfect shot. And by that meaning they hold a strong guard and then they wait for you to finish striking. So a strong guard or they use long guard and then they step back and they kind of wait for you to finish striking. But Chingas isn't going anywhere. He'll stay there and he'll keep throwing shots. He was able to score left hand to the body a lot he was able to get in the range and to force Superbond to move left and right which opened up opportunities for his hooks in one direction and his right hands in another direction clearly got up in round one round two he goes out there same thing scored well uh low kicks but mostly the boxing and then he pretty much uh used the uh cage another thing I'll I'll note um I'm hoping that uh, after watching today's event that had mostly ropes, I like ropes for for my kickboxing and my Muay Thai, but uh, this one was still fine. He he used, you know, still great action, but I like ropes. That's another thing I wanted to mention. But anyways, he closed the distance, 
And when Superbond didn't have the ability, he kind of pressed towards his left. Uh, he didn't have the ability to go to his strong side. He moved to his left and he drifted there and he drifted right into the right-hand range of Chigas Alzov. First right-hand scores, he goes down. And I can see by the kind of confusion look that he got when he, or that he had when he got up that he was in bad shape. More offense followed, another knockdown, and then a third knockdown gets him out of there. Chingas Alzov is your new champion at featherweight, or 154, 170 kgs. Chingas Alzov now beats Sidichai and Superbond back-to-back. That is the best resume of anybody in kickboxing and probably, I don't know, uh, well, you know, Superbond beat Marat, and then he beat uh, Petrosian. So uh, right now, One's got it popping. They got some really good guys beating really good guys. Um, but this victory by Chingas is huge. I would love to see him fight Marakagorian next. I would love to see him fight uh, Petrosian next. Not sure. They had the first fight. I did. It's the one thing that's hurt Alzov in his career is he does have these performances where I'm like, what's going on? So Rico killed. That was a performance where I was like, what's going on? Uh, the Petrosian fight, the first time, he didn't look right at all. Like, he never looked comfortable. He didn't throw offense. It was almost like he's fighting sick. Like, he didn't look good. But here he put it all together. Sidichai, he put it all together. I want to see him fight Petrosian again. I, I want to see him fight uh, Gregorian. Those are the next two big steps for him. But right now he is on fire. Uh, he is scoring well. He is healthy. Um, and he's in love with kickboxing. And this is what he wants to do. So big time victory there. Shout out to Chingiz Alzov. It, it, it makes me laugh because I was literally going to make the argument is I was going to do a whole podcast based on is Superbond the greatest of all time because to beat Sidichai as he did and to beat Petrosian by KO it, it just made me wonder started to ask myself that question is this who he is 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 he there and then this fight happens and that show is now thrown out of the water but like we'll see Superbond I mean hey Bukau and Andy Sauer fought several times Petrosian is, uh, you know, considered one of the all-time greats, uh, and he's got some rematches in there. Um, mostly, he was, you know, pretty dominant. But like, uh, you know, him and Yoshihiro Sato, if I remember correctly, Bokao um, and Yoshihiro Sato. We are a rematch sport. What I mean by rematches, I mean not just do it running back once. You usually have a guy on your resume four or five times. There is a 3-2 edge between Remy Bonjowski and Alexei Ekdashov. That's how much we're used to fighting each other. So let's see what happens when Superbond and Chingiz meet again down the road. But I love that this was a high-profile win for Alizov on a high-profile platform. Next, we're going to talk about Superlek and his victory over Daniel Portes. Now, should be noted, Daniel Portes took this on super short notice. He was supposed to fight someone else. They missed the hydration and weight requirements that one championship has. And Superlek came in there, uh, you know, thinking he was fighting someone different. So those two go at it. Superlek, to me, scored more fighting backwards. But man, Daniel Portes was pushing throughout the whole fight. He was able to land combinations throughout the whole fight. He just didn't score, in my opinion, as much as Superlek scored. But the feel of his pressure really did make an imprint on the fight. He really did perform extremely well, in my opinion. Um, and I uh, was hoping that he... 
he would get the opportunity to defend against uh um uh excuse me um Enoch, uh, or uh Elias, i believe that's who the gentleman's name is from uh morocco uh slash holland i was hoping that they would still get the they'd they'd announce that rematch because that's who it was supposed to be but i do think that superlek put on a very good performance fighting on the back foot i also could see a strong argument for daniel portis who really pushed forward and landed some significant scoring but i like what i saw uh from superlek i like what i saw for portis and maybe they'll do it again in future next we're going to talk about a ratang as he gets a victory over jadeo yibu it's a very ratang performance push the pace you know mocked your offense coming at him landed in combinations big strong uh kicks Rotang's a star. He just has to keep the more you can fight him, the better it is for one championship. He is one of the must-see stars in the game. Clearly, we got to get some more notable uh international names. Uh that helps. What I mean by it is this: it doesn't mean that the international names are better than the ties. That's never what I mean when I say that. What I do mean is the attention that is put on those athletes is way different the attention that is put on an international so if all of a sudden he's fighting someone from england people from england are interested in the fight and then even if he wins people from england get to see him for the first time that's the strength of having international fighters the japan has k1 has made uh japan their home and they've made their product a basically japan only product but i felt like they were at their heights internationally when they let european talent come in it just it introduced them to a different audience and people were able to fall in love with it to this day i strongly believe that people walking the streets in japan would be way more excited to run into ernesto husser or or Peter Arts than they would Musashi or uh, Satake. And it's nothing against those guys. It's just that's what the platform was able to produce, these bigger-than-life stars. So Ratang getting more international names, even if it's, you know, tie fight one-sided, it's going to be better for building his brand. But he really is a superpower. He's really, really, you know, super famous. He's really uh, one of the bigger stars in the sport. And, man, if they can make the Takaru thing happen bro that would be huge other than that just have one more fight from this particular card as stamp fairtex gets a victory over anna jaronsak stamp fairtex was supposed to be in a mixed rules fight with anissa mexen and one of the strangest occurrences that any of us have ever seen uh basically what happened was there was some form of family emergency and Mexen had to leave immediately so i don't know what the emergency was i wish she specified it she just said family thing and maybe they're private and that's why they discuss it but they literally left they literally flew home or flew to wherever to take care of this situation so then people were saying first they announced that she missed weight which means she got got on the scale and then didn't weigh and then had an hour to get the weight back but that's odd that they would say that and not announce what she weighed and then it was announced that she didn't show up out to the weigh-ins at all and then it left stamp fairtex without somebody and you know it must have been something significant for someone to be that close to the money to competing for money and then the leave to to not for the situation to not have the urgency uh or the understanding of um this is the highest level of uh uh competition and the a big 
you know, paycheck for you, a high level opponent, a popular opponent, for someone to just walk away from that and half feel the desire to go home in that moment. It must have been significant, whatever happened to her and her family. Like, it really must have been significant. So, definitely hope that that's all okay. She's already been asking about a rematch since then. And, um, uh, sorry, my phone went off in the background. Uh, she's already been asking about a rematch since then. And hopefully it will uh, all work itself out. Like, it will, you know, I'm excited for uh her and her future and i'm hoping that she gets to come back and still fight uh sam fairtex at another date sam fairtex was the show as usual she came out dancing like being herself really putting on a entertaining brand of uh, uh of entrance and then in the fight uh supergirl anna uh joran sec supergirl put on a very good performance considering she just heard about the fight and showed up and fought you know like like really um put on a performance that was sorry sorry about that phone went off several times uh cut it i tried to cut it off and then the same person called four times so i apologize for that slight delay but you know let's go ahead and get back into it uh i think supergirl did a fantastic job of fighting on the notice that she fought on uh she really did um perform well today it was announced in today's card that she would be getting uh that um the fifty thousand dollar bonus should have gone to her and and uh for her performance in short notice last week so today they awarded her fifty thousand dollars for her performance and in thailand that's life-changing money that's you know in turn in america we use the term generational wealth with $50,000, she's going to go ahead and take care of her family and herself very well and shoot kids, other kids as well. Like she's, uh, um, that was really, really good for somebody who wasn't fighting, pop up, fight, perform well, lose by split decision and end up with a very, very good payday. Awesome stuff. Very excited to see her have success. And uh, that was just a cool moment. But uh, other than that, Stamp Fairtex gets to victory. She moves on. Uh, she is still a... High-level kickboxer, uh, Muay Thai fighter. Anything she does, I'm inter I'm, I'm interested in, and it's it's entertaining. And to see that girl from Buffalo, uh, from Buffalo girls grow up and be what she is right now, uh, from the documentary to superstardom. Hopefully, they can keep building on her brand. And the fact that she's doing MMA opens up the opportunity for more stuff for her down the road. So she's really the making the best of her combat sports career. I'll go ahead and finish the show with today's one championship results i won't go through the whole thing uh clearly you know Muang Thai was in a very good one as he gets a victory over our uh Malvled, uh Tupayev, that was a good one uh richard the wolf godoy gets a victory over alexa uh excuse me yeah i spelled i said it right alexi um uh leah punov uh, split decision there. Um, Saxon also got the bonus in his victory over Tyson Harrison. Uh, very, very entertaining fighter. Uh, it's cool for Saxon at this stage in his career to still put on, you know, the man who fears no one. Still puts on a great show. He gets the bonus. The... Um, Second Garm gets a KO victory uh, to, uh, in the first round. I didn't see that one, so I just kind of saw the results of it. So I really picked up the card. Also, uh, Sunrock got a victory over Taisor Joapakiv. Uh, Sorry, pronounce that wrong. Taisor Joapakiv. 
gets a victory over there. And then I get into the most significant fights in the card, the ones that I really paid attention to. Kamawat FA Group gets a victory over Sensory. This fight was awesome. This fight was great. Konorot pretty much almost stopped Sensory in the first round. He landed a big low kick, and Sensory probably was good, but the way he fells what made them give the down call. After the down call, it was Konorot trying to get Sensory out of there. Like He was throwing a lot of boxing, scored very, very well, and then I noticed him stop, and it let me think, okay, did he burn himself out going for that stoppage? Like That question went through my head. Then... Round two, here comes Sensory. Um, and uh, they really, really put on a great show. Like they, they, Sensory landed bo uh, boxing offense, landed the elbows, landed the body kicks and the lows. He was all over him after like the midway point. And then you go into and you go, okay, can he do enough work in round three to take that knockdown off the board? I do think he won the round, in my opinion, round three. He had some really good series, but I won't say that it was one-sided because I for sure thought Kamawat had some offensive moments. Uh, he was able to score some clean shots too. I just think that Sunsuri felt the urgency of, I'm down, and that's what added to him battling back, battling back. And then the next thing you know, um, he they go to the scorecards and unfortunately it went the way of the man who got the knockdown Sunsuri did put up great performance he just wasn't able to do enough to get that off the scorecards or get an extra round type of thing um Connell what good victory good fight very entertaining to watch both guys are on the chubbier side in the stomach I'll tell you that that's a little bit rare for the tie but like uh he um both put on really good performance this young man Konsun Klek, he gets a victory over Pat Bonrai, and this was, to me, the fans' favorite fight. It was all action, high level. Pat Bonrai is a 22 years old, but Konsun Klek is, is 17, and he, I mean, it was, the crowd was into every shot, body kicks, uh, clinch work, elbows. It was smooth, high level kickboxing at its best. It was wonderful to watch, and I mean wonderful to watch. Round three, the difference, I thought there was a clinch series where there was a body kick scored, Consulate got into the clinch and ripped an elbow. After that, I noticed Petsch Bunrai slow significantly. And Consulate continued to put it on. Switch stance, uh, played with body kicks, played with fanks, uh, did a lot of step fates, did a lot of knee fates, did a lot of fake kicks to switches. He put on a show. This 17-year-old kid's got something. Same thing I was saying before, international opportunity puts more eyes on your fight. Doesn't mean that your competition's better. It just means it puts more eyes on you. They got something with Sun Kung Klek. They got to build on that. Pran Chai also gets a victory over Compatch. A lot of people had Compatch for Fighter of the Year in Thailand last year. So um, definitely a big, big victory there. And then Nang O just proved to be he's him. Simply as that. He is that dude. There was a moment after dominating round one where he walked into a jab. Uh, he didn't quite have his feet underneath him. And uh, Ramazanov scored the jab. He was clearly hurt. Ramazanov closed the distance. And Nong Oh, I wondered what it would have looked like if there was 15 more seconds in the round. Because he started to fire like, like crazy. Like he was the one who hurt Ram uh, Ramazanov. They go back to the, uh, the uh, stools. They come out. And Nong Oh is all over him. 
Ramazanov had no answers. He was trying to do this kind of switch stance thing where he could cover a lot of distance and keep him away, but he just didn't have an answer for keeping Nang O off. Brutal, brutal, brutal physical attack that put on by Nang O. Upstairs and downstairs, he continued to kick, he continued to work the body, he continued to go after the head, and then he just started eating the body up, and he got Ramazanov out of there in round two. Nang O is a star. He is that dude. If there's one thing that I really credit one championship for, it is it is giving us the opportunity to see high-level ties fight high-level Muay Thai as opposed to just going over to kickboxing. And it's getting the exposure and the recognition. Clearly, Rotang, when he lost to tension, it was a close fight. A lot of people thought Rotang, you know, could have won that one. But that didn't give him the exposure and the attention of fighting in one championship. Nango did so many great things in the stadium. None of that has given him the exposure and the attention that's come from being in one championship. I am grateful that it's giving these guys opportunities for people to get known. So that's my podcast. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Uh, I will be dropping my highlight for the tw- the 2022 kick fighting, uh, year in kick fighting. I will be dropping it on Monday. So God bless. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you guys for following, supporting, being there for kickboxing and Muay Thai because I truly do love it.